Well, it's on page 1083 of your church Bibles. John 14, 25 to 31. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples um, at the Last Supper, shortly before he dies. His last words of encouragement to them and his promise to them. All these things I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Well, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two uh, powerful readings. We ask that you would send your counsel, your Holy Spirit upon us tonight to open my mouth, to speak your word, and to open our ears that we may hear you and our hearts, that we might respond to you with integrity and wholeheartedness and truth. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us tonight, we pray, for your glory. Amen. Well, as I said earlier, tonight is the uh, first of our summer series on prayer, uh, focusing on the letters of St. Paul, the prayers that St. Paul prays in those epistles, in those letters. Um, it's a characteristic feature of his epistles that... Uh, most of his epistles, if not all of them, contain sections, contain prayers within them for the congregations he leads, and, and also some sections saying uh, something about the way that he prays for them. I think uh, the prayers of St. Paul are a particular inspiration to church leaders um, because, well, both because of the persistence with which Paul prays for his congregations and also for the particular things that Paul prays for, for them. So, uh, at the beginning of this letter to the Corinthians, Paul says, I always thank God for you. That's how persistently he is praying for the Corinthians. I always thank God for you. And this is how he prays for them, because of his grace given to you. I always thank God for you, because of his grace given to you. Personally, I spend a lot of time praying for St. Jude's in one way or another. I spend quite a lot of time praying for resources, uh, for money, and for people. 
to do the things that we're seeking to do for God. I spend quite a lot of time praying for vision, uh, to know what it is that God wants us to be doing. I spend quite a lot of time um, praying for uh, wisdom, for, um, for tricky situations that St. Jude's is in, and particularly for the right words uh, to answer emails that I get sent. particular thing on my heart at the moment that I'm praying for very much is, uh, is for us as we seek um, new staff for uh, St. Jude's. And there are a number of staff positions we've been uh, seeking to appoint over the last few weeks. And, uh, and particularly at the moment, um, tomorrow morning, we will be interviewing for, um, for the post of, post of associate vicar. So that's a really important post for us. So I would ask you to pray with me for the candidates uh, who are coming for tomorrow morning and for the interview panel who will be interviewing them. Really pray for God's blessing, God's wisdom on that whole process that we all discover the right person to take up that post. But in general, it's not this kind of thing that Paul says that he's praying for, although Presumably, there's a lot of this detailed stuff that's on his mind. What Paul says that he prays for, for his churches, is the relationship that they have with God and the discipleship uh, that they are moving forwards in, that they are discovering, the grace that they're receiving, and uh, the faith that they are exploring that they are deepening in. Because Paul knows that if these things are right for his congregations, then everything else will follow. So we're going to look through some of those things that Paul prays for um, over the next few weeks for his congregations. And the first one that we're going to think about tonight is wisdom. Paul prays for wisdom for his congregations. I spent a while looking for a, a kind of current up-to-date story about wisdom, and this is definitely not it. So a 19-year-old called James McElvar, if I've pronounced his name right, star of Scottish boy band Rewind, didn't want to pay the £45 baggage fee on his EasyJet flight from London to Glasgow so he decided instead not to take a suitcase, but to wear all his clothes. So he arrived uh, wearing three pairs of trousers and two pairs of um, uh, sweatpants, um, six t-shirts, four jumpers, and, and two jackets. And triumphantly, he walked through check-in without having to pay his 45 pounds. He got onto the flight, and as the flight took off, he started to take off all his clothes. But he was too late, and he fainted from heat exposure and had to be resuscitated with oxygen. Looking, at, looking him up on the internet, I've discovered pages and pages and pages of references all over the place to James McElvar, every single one of which is talking about his, um, his uh, escapade on his EasyJet flight. I started to feel quite sorry for the lad after, after a while. I don't think it's gonna be easy for him to live it down. 
It's easy for us, as we negotiate the pitfalls of life, to see how important wisdom is for us, or even just a little bit of common sense. And when one is in leadership, wisdom becomes tremendously important. There are so many decisions that one is taking, one after another, with so little time to reflect on the implications, the ramifications of the decisions one is making. It's not surprising that when God offered to Solomon, the king of the great people of Israel, any leadership attribute that he would care to have, the one that, that Solomon chose as a young leader was this wisdom, the wisdom to know how to respond to each situation. So Paul prays for wisdom. James certainly encourages us in, um, in his epistle, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. That's been a very, um, a very uh, appreciated verse by me. And Paul prays for that for his congregations and their leaders as well. We see that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 8, so the beginning of his letter to Colossians. He's praying for the Colossians. He says, for this reason, since the day that we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Again, this persistence in prayer for his congregation. We have not stopped praying for you, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And I know that, I know that some of us are really in need of wisdom. Wisdom for the jobs that you're thinking of taking on, wisdom for the jobs that you have, wisdom to deal with your families, your parents perhaps, or your children. Wisdom to deal with neighbors, uh, relationships. Um, wisdom, wisdom to know how to live out your life, how to spend your money. Wisdom to know how to share your faith with, um, with your friends. Or maybe there's, a, maybe there's a kind of point of principle that you're facing and you know that you have to make a decision and you're really wishing that God would tell you which way to jump, which side of the fence to sit. wisdom. Well, I've been praying for you too, that God will fill you, as Paul said, with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul talks a lot about wisdom at the beginning of Corinthians. He makes a critical distinction between two kinds of wisdom. The wisdom which is worldly wisdom based on human understanding. It's, it's based on all of our experiences and the things that we tell each other. And, it's, and often it can work very well in the short term in a particular situation if we get the situation right. And, and its context and its impact is short term. But Paul says there's another kind of wisdom, the spiritual wisdom, a wisdom about the purposes of God. It's an eternal wisdom. Its context and its impact is eternal. He, just, he said this as I just quoted now. The wisdom that reveals God, the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. 
So in fact, this spiritual wisdom is not primarily about negotiating the pitfalls of, of uh, check-in at, uh, at the airport or dealing with um, specific kind of moments and situations and choosing what to wear or what to, where to go or what to do. As Paul prays, the, the wisdom that he's praying for is about something different. It's about getting to know God, about coming to know him better. Paul prays for the Ephesians at the beginning of his letter to the Ephesians. Again, this persistence, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So the purpose of that wisdom for which he's praying for his congregation is that they may know God better. Because if we know him better, he will be in our head. We will think with his thoughts. We will feel with his heart. We will act with his purposes. We will make the choices that he would make. So how do we get to know God better? Well, on that, Paul is completely clear. We only have to look at the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians. If, um, if somebody has become very important to you, um, it's not very long before other people start to pick that up because a name starts to kind of drop into the conversation here and here and here and most sentences, somebody starts to appear and we discover how important they are. Well, the same is absolutely true for St. Paul here. The beginning of 1 Corinthians, every line has a name in it. I'll give you a date digest and see if you can work it out. Okay, here we go. So this is 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 1 to 9 in summary. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for his grace given you in Christ Jesus as you eagerly await our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, called into fellowship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you spot the name? It's Jesus. Jesus, who gives us the undeserved and extraordinary favor of blamelessness before God so that we can be specially set aside for his purposes and together in fellowship with him, with Jesus, we can come into the Father's presence. It's Jesus who is the core for St. Paul. Well, the disciples find, found that too. You've been wondering when this boat would appear. So I know that we all think that boats only appeared, you know, a few years ago around the Isle of Wight. But Jesus himself taught from a boat. It didn't look quite like this one. And one day his disciples had been sent off by Jesus to the far side of the lake and they were on their boat crossing the Sea of Galilee on their own. And suddenly, a terrible storm blew up, so it was um, 30, 30 knots, uh, Beaufort 4-7, um, 
so all the you know all the kind of international teams had gone home and the races had been cancelled but the disciples were caught out there in the middle of the race and they were terrified a lot of them weren't sailors and the ones that were sailors knew that they were in trouble and so they really needed some wisdom what are we going to do here we are in this boat in the middle of the sea and we're about to sink and suddenly they saw Jesus walking towards them through the storm across the water. And they knew that if they could get Jesus into their boat, they would be all right. They would be safe. Because boats didn't sink when Jesus was in them. So they called out to Jesus, come. And Jesus walked through the storm and got into their boat and the storm stopped. The sail went flat and they were saved. And when we're facing the storms of life and we know that we need the wisdom of God, the key thing we have to do is to get Jesus into the boat with us. Jesus is the one who is the wisdom of God. That's what Paul understood. The wisdom and the power and the revelation of God. And if we can get the wisdom of God into our boat, if we can get Jesus into our boat with us as we sail along, we will know how to respond to the storm that's all around us. And for Paul, the way that we get that, because Paul didn't have Jesus with him, you know, literally walking across the water like the disciples did. So what Paul understood that we have to do in order to get Jesus into our boat is we have to get the spirit of Jesus. We have to get the power of God the power of Jesus into our lives, the Holy Spirit of Jesus, whom the Father will send. That's what we need to get into us in order to get Jesus into our boat. And Jesus speaks about that too. So you heard the words uh, in the Gospel reading from just before when he died. And he's speaking to his disciples just before he's going to be taken from them and they're going to be on their own in the boat not having a clue how to cope with the terrible situation that's going to come towards them as Jesus is crucified and they are on the run and they know that the world is out looking for them to destroy them and they need the wisdom of God to know how to respond in that situation and Jesus says this is how it will be I will send my Holy Spirit, the Father will send my Holy Spirit to be in you. And you will know him, as the world doesn't know him, because he will be in you. He has been with you in me, and now he will be in you. So my peace I give you, don't be afraid, because through the Spirit I will be with you. I will be in you. I will always be in your boat. If 
that's what you ask of me. Well, of course, the disciples, they, they were followers of Jesus, but Jesus wasn't in the boat with them at the point that they really needed him, and so they had to cry out for him. The question for us is, how do we get the Spirit of Jesus into us in our daily lives, in the moments that are critical for us? And you know, there are, there are different answers depending on where we're at with that. If we haven't yet really understood and asked Jesus to be in our boat with us at all, then we need to do that first. And I'd love to invite you to join us on the Alpha course, which starts in September, which is a brilliant opportunity to find out more about Jesus and what he means and, and, and what he offers and who he wants to be for us. Uh, it's great. Um, uh, it's a kind of evening supper. Um, the food's great and friendships are good. And it's an opportunity to ask any question that's been in the back of your mind and just to get it out on the table there. Great opportunity to find out about Jesus and to, and to decide whether you want to ask him to be in your boat. But say you're a disciple, a follower of Jesus, we need to go on asking him to be in our boat. And I think that means a number of things. I, I think it means we have to remember to go on reading his word because it's the word of Jesus speaking into us which changes, which is power, which changes our lives. We have to be reading scripture and, 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 and going back to it daily and asking, what, what Jesus do you want to say to us about today? Maybe you've read the Bible from cover to cover. But what is it that Jesus wants to say through his word to you tomorrow? That's unique to tomorrow because tomorrow is unique in itself. Reading his word praying. We know we've got to pray, but sometimes we forget when we're in the kind of busyness, the thrash of the storm around us when we're at work and when we're in, a, in the middle of an argument, we forget to ask God, Jesus, to be with us in the boat at that moment. We have to be remembering to pray. And we need to be remembering to, to be disciples together in the boat. Sometimes we can try and do it all on our own. We just kind of, you know, we set sail in our, in our solo boat. And I've been in that situation where you're on your own and the storm blows or the wind blows up and you think, I'm going over and then you can't get out again and you're on your own and you think, maybe this is it. If we're in the boat together, we can be encouraging one another and asking for one another for Jesus to be in the boat with us, asking for his spirit. And that's the final thing. In the end, it's about asking for the spirit of Jesus to be with us moment by moment, to go on asking for him to be with us. If you've been coming to church more than a few weeks, you will probably recognize that at the point of the readings and before I begin to speak, I will tend to pray for the Holy Spirit to come to open my mouth and to open our ears and open our hearts so that the Word of God can come in and we can respond with authenticity and wholeheartedness and with joy. And that is me joining in Paul's millennia-old prayer for, for the churches. 
that you may be filled with the spirit of wisdom, the spirit which is the power and revelation of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to pray for that for you now. And if you ever feel like praying for me for wisdom, please do. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus to be in my heart and at work in my leadership and through our congregation. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Jesus said, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Heavenly Father, we ask that in all the trials and turbulence of daily life, that we would remember moment by moment to ask your Holy Spirit to be in our boat, to be at work in our lives and guiding us and leading us and showing us how to respond in each and every moment. Help us to understand that it's not Machiavellian tricks and manipulations that will enable us to successfully negotiate life. It's about having you in us that means we can act as you act, that we can think as you think and speak as you speak. So please fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may know you and love you and love others as you love us. And can respond in each and every situation with the wisdom of God, which is Christ Jesus. going to pray now. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple of options on how to do it. But first of all, I'd love you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32 in your Bibles, which is on page 211. And we're going to read together verses 3 and 4. Something we all read this morning um, at the 1030 service as well. Deuteronomy 32, verses 3 and 4. So together. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His His works works are perfect. perfect, And and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. So we'll hold on to that as we pray this evening. Um, 
we're, we're a small group tonight, so we can do things with a small group that we can't do in our big um, 10.30 service. So what I'm going to invite you to do is, if you'd like to pray with others, and I'm going to feed you some things that, uh, that we can pray for, then um, if you'd like to pray with others, then do go and sit uh, on the green chairs over there in the corner. Um, I'm sure Mike can put a light on uh, for us over in that corner. If you want to pray on your own, then just stay sitting where you are, and I will feed things for you just to pray silently um, on, on your own. So if you'd like to pray with others, um, do go move over there. If you want to pray on your own, then stay where you are. So I'll just give you a moment or two to think about what you'd like to do. together uh, with those around you or on your own to thank God for something in this past week. Look back in your minds over this past week and just silently or with those with you thank God for something in this past week. pray now for those um, in our congregation, in our fellowship, who aren't here with us this evening. Those who are on holiday, all those who are at New Wine, camping in a wet Bath and West showground. For those travelling for work. For those who are unwell. Pray for those who aren't with us this evening, whatever they're doing. what you're going to be doing, and the uh, decisions that you will need wisdom for, and ask God to give you that wisdom. I invite you to pray now for those we know who have drifted away from the Lord that they would once again draw close to him.
Christ gives us authority to pray in his name. And we pray now for those we know who need God's healing in their bodies, in their minds, in their emotions, particularly for David Gorman and David Fry. Call the Lord's healing upon those we know who are sick. May God give us confidence to pray in faith that mountains will be moved and faith as small as a mustard seed would grow as we pray and our faith grows. Pray now for a world situation which is on your heart. Pray for great wisdom for leaders across our world. this evening for one of the mission agencies we support here at St Jude's, which is Military Missions International. And the leader of that organisation, Joss McCabe, is a member of our congregation. He asks that we pray for Max Mupondi, Military Ministries International Staff Member for Africa, as he travels to meet with military Christians in Kenya and Zimbabwe later this month. Pray that Max will be able to encourage the creation of a new military Christian fellowship in Zimbabwe. Pray too for the preparations of the summer adventure retreat in Bulgaria for Christians in the military from across Europe. to for Joss himself who will be taking on extra work this month to cover some shortages in the MMI office in Aldershot as they work out new arrangements that will be put into place at the end of August.
thank God for the work of MMI and the encouragement that this organization gives to Christians in the military in really difficult parts of the world, living out their faith in very difficult circumstances. Pray that they have wisdom. And pray now for people you know who are bereaved. And particularly pray in our own church family for the bereaved family and friends of Teddy Sutherland, Margaret Harris, and Stephen Black. Pray too for those you know personally who are in grief at this time for God's comfort. Jesus was asked by his disciples, Lord, how do we pray? And he taught them a way to pray. So we say now together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And I'll just end with those words from Deuteronomy again. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Amen. We stand now as we conclude our service with sung worship. <laughs>